Go ahead and raise your hand if you need a Bible for, from one of our ushers. And if you would, let's stand together as we give attention to the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter 2, the Word of God says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good, no, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. May God give us understanding of his revelation from his word today. If you would remain standing with me, let's bow for a moment of prayer. Our choir will come after prayer, and then the preaching of God's word will follow our choir selection. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can rejoice in this day. We have great reason for celebration. Your angels were excited to announce that your son had come to earth and was born. We are excited that you have done this great thing. You have sent your son to step down from his throne, his reign in heaven, to be one of us so that he could redeem us from our sin. He is our one and only hope, and he is sufficient for that task, and we thank you for that. Many things happen, Lord, during this season in cultures around the world. But the one thing is important, and that, that the focus be on your son. May we give focus to him and rejoice in that. Worship and praise, knowing that you have sent us your son, your savior, to help us, to bring us into relationship with you. We thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. That's who Jesus is, and we thank you for him. We rejoice in him. All our joy is grounded on him, and we thank you for that. We praise your holy name. We thank you and praise you for your son, Jesus. 
In his name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. During this Christmas season, our messages have come from Luke chapter 1 and 2, a little bit of Matthew 1 as well as we see the story of Christ's birth there. And today I'd like to talk about Luke 1 and 2 and talk about the topic of the true Christmas spirit, the true Christmas spirit. It seems the world works itself into a frenzy. Uh, this time of year, it starts a little early now, and um, the stores are getting ready, or they get ready quite early for uh, their push. They're trying to increase their sales for the end of the year, and um, they make that their focus. Uh, people get into so many different, um, so many different practices and and. Uh, things that they like to do around this time, and, and it, they talk a lot about this Christmas spirit. And I appreciate that. There, there, is, there is a fever, there is a joy, there is an excitement, there is uh, all around good feeling and happiness. The problem, though, though, is that the world has no foundation for this. And Christians can find themselves working out of the world's philosophy instead of properly rejoicing where they should and, and finding the right foundation for this rejoicing. The true Christmas spirit um, is in God's word and is shown to us throughout this passages in Luke. And I'd like you to take a look with me. At several, we're just going to walk through Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 and look at what I call the Holy Spirit in the first advent. The Holy Spirit's work in the first advent. It's no secret. I won't keep it a mystery. The true Christmas spirit is the Holy Spirit and what he brings to us. What the Holy Spirit does is he reveals God's word to us, and he reveals God's son to us to let us see him for who he is, and he does a work within us to cause us to respond to God's word, to welcome God's son, and he gives us a new nature. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He creates life within us. He gives us real life. In other words, we are dead. We're like a deflated balloon without the Holy Spirit. He fills us and gives us life. Let's see how this is happening throughout Luke chapter 1 and 2. In Luke 1 verse 15, we see that this baby to be born that's going to go before the Messiah, is going to be born and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth. Look what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 15. The angel is announcing to Zechariah, he says, For he will be great 
before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit is emphasized throughout this because this is his work. In verse 17, it says, the angel tells Zechariah that this child is going to go in the spirit and power of Elijah. In the spirit and power of Elijah. Well, I would ask you to think about the spirit and the power of Elijah. You will see that it is, in fact, God's spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that that empowered Elijah to be one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to empower this boy, John, to be who he is or who God had called him to be. We also see as we follow this baby John in verse 44 of chapter 1, we see it acted out. I want you to see something here. Verse 44, this is the encounter that Mary has with Elizabeth. And it says in verse 44, Behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. This is Elizabeth speaking to Mary. said, Mary, when you arrived, the baby that's inside of me leaped for joy. Now, I know that um, pregnant mothers often see or feel their children kick inside them and move inside them and jump or, or move suddenly. But the Word of God tells us that this baby leaped, and it wasn't just a, 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 a playful or anonymous or you don't know what the reason was. God tells us what the reason was. He leaped for joy. He was excited, he was enthused, he was happy about the news and the presence of Jesus, <laughs> of Jesus. I also want you to see something about the Holy Spirit. He's always associated with joy. He leaped for joy. He expressed joy even before um, he was born. So we see that in verse 44. About this baby, John, there is another working of God's spirit. And you might not think of it originally, but when you get to Luke chapter one and verse 11, it says this. There appeared to him, that's Zechariah, an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. In verse 19, that angel is identified, and he says, The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. In verse 26, again, we see Gabriel. He says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee. And so, Gabriel, the angel, is interacting. I would propose to you that here's another work of the Spirit. This is something that the Holy Spirit does. He delivers a message even through the angels. When it, when it says Gabriel was in the presence of God, that that he is listening to and cooperating with and obeying 
the message and the command of God, which comes from and through the Holy Spirit. In other words, the angels show obedience, the righteous angels show obedience always to God that we should be showing. In other words, that when we are walking in the Spirit, we're walking under God's direction, we're obeying God just as these angels do and Gabriel did. So we see the effect of the true Christmas spirit or effect of the Holy Spirit even in the angel. I want to look at another character here in chapter 1, and that's Elizabeth in verse 41 of Luke 1. It says this about Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only was the baby filled, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. God had given a task for her, and with that task, he had given her a portion of his spirit. And we can see her as, as she uh, rejoices uh, uh, as she encounters Mary and, and thankful for Mary. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is he speaks to us, thus saith the Lord. And he helps us to see that. That's why I say the angel speaking, thus saith the Lord, is, is part of the work of the Spirit to communicate God's will and God's purpose. Elizabeth herself is a part of God's work, and the Holy Spirit is working and feeling her and impacting her um, in this account. Another person that we see the Holy Spirit working on or the Christmas Spirit working on is Mary. In verse 35 of chapter 1, we see her. It says, the angel said unto her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. When Mary asks, how is this going to happen that she's going to conceive and bear a child when she has no husband? The angel answers, it's the Holy Spirit's work. He's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you. You may not have thought of it this way, but the Holy Spirit takes then an important role in Christ's coming. It's pretty indicative of how he works. It's, it's a work behind the scene that's not always uh, 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 pointed out. By the, by the way, it's, it's the way many of us are called to work. So many of us want to work in the forefront, but God calls us to do a faithful work behind the scene. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing here as, as he uh, 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 works through uh, Mary and to create in her body that seed that, that is going to uh, produce and be born as the child of God. We also see in chapter 2, two interesting characters that show the work of the Holy Spirit. The first one is Simeon in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2. It, it speaks of Mary and Joseph taking the baby Jesus into the temple in Jerusalem. And in verse 25 it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it says this, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. You get that? The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. The Holy Spirit was impacting Simeon's life in such a way. And it, it tells us 
what he did. He had revealed him in verse 26. Let's look at that. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that's telling uh, Simeon that these things are about to happen, prophesying, letting him know what's going on, that God is going to reveal the Christ. God is going to reveal his son, and that revelation will come before Simeon dies. Why do we need the Holy Spirit, and what is the Holy Spirit doing? We've noted that, just like the angel, the Holy Spirit is announcing, thus saith the Lord. He's showing us, opening up God's plan to us through his word and through his son. And so he does this with Simeon. In verse 29 through 32, look at what Simeon does under the impact or under the control of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was a, a little boy and be in church and, and somebody would just jump out and start shouting and start dancing around. And, and, uh, and then ushers would come around with fans and try to fan that person and cool them off. And, and I asked my mom, what happened? Well, they got the spirit, was told me. The explanation that was given to me, I didn't quite understand that, why they had to act crazy when they got the Spirit and nobody could control them and they made a big disruption in church. I didn't quite understand that uh, uh, of the Spirit's work. But one thing I noticed from the Word of God is that when the Holy Spirit is working in the individual, their actions speak of God point to God, reflect God, and they walk in obedience to God. That's what Simeon is doing here. I noticed the timing led so many services, and what often happens in the services, sometimes there's a person who thinks that they ought to take the spotlight. They think I'm up here because I like the spotlight. They think I enjoy that attention and up here for that reason, and they fail to realize that God didn't put me up here to be the spotlight. He put me up here to be a messenger to point to him. And I see that with Simeon is that he is simply a conduit, an instrument, for which the Holy Spirit uses to speak his word. He's like a microphone. When you hear the sound from the microphone, you don't look at the microphone. You don't magnify and lift up the microphone. You take what you hear that's being projected from that microphone and you act on it. And the microphone itself gets very little play and very little attention in it all. So it is with the Holy Spirit. When he's working, he's working through an instrument to bring glory to God, not the instrument. Glory and attention to what God has said, not the person saying it. So it says in verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it says, he came in the spirit again into the temple. And what I was saying is that 
Notice the timing and the interaction of a person who's under the influence, the impact of the Holy Spirit. He happened to be in the temple when Mary and Joseph were coming along to present this child. And it says he came in the spirit. In other words, under the spirit's control. It says, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, he's going to speak and he's going to speak about this child. Not to focus on himself, but about this child and who he is and what God has said about him. Let's look what he says. Verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. It's a short word. He doesn't speak all day. It's a very short, but it's very pointed it's appointed at what God has done through his son, Jesus. That's what the Spirit does. He brings out the truth of God about the Son of God. And he does it for a purpose. He says, verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory and for glory to your people, Israel. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He also speaks a word to Mary. It says in verse 34, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the, full, for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I think Simeon was talking about the anguish that Mary would experience when this child would accomplish the purpose for which God had brought him. Mary would be heartbroken to see her child suffer on the cross. We get a picture of that in Scripture, that Mary is actually there at the cross. Jesus says to, to, to his young disciple, John, John, I want you to take my mother. And care for her because I'll no longer be able to do that. He said that on the cross. Mary is there to see her child suffer. That was the necessary thing for her. Everything that God calls us to is not always easy. And yet God is calling us to be faithful in it. Simeon brought God's word and it wasn't always pleasant and it wasn't all you're going to be blessed and good things are going to happen to you all the time. Oh, there's a portion of that. But he speaks, thus saith the Lord, Mary, this is what's going to happen. This is what God has appointed for this child. And it's going to break your heart. But it's going to bring salvation to God's people. And then the last person I want to look at today, we see the work of the Holy Spirit. Even though the Holy Spirit's name is not mentioned uh, in, in this person, we see the impact of him all over her life. Her name is Anna. Remember when Jesus talked to, 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 to uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3? He says, the Holy Spirit works like the wind. You don't see the wind, but you see what the wind does. 
You see what it blows up and what it blows down. You see uh, the impact of the wind. And so I see the impact of the Holy Spirit in Anna's life. And I want to ask you a question. Can we see the impact of the Holy Spirit in your life? Look at Anna for a moment. In verse 36, there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. What does that tell us? It tells us she lived a faithful life. She married a man, and yet God took him. He died, and she stayed faithful to God during her entire life through that marriage and after that marriage had been ended by death. She was a faithful person. It says she was advanced in years, so she was older now, but she had lived a faithful life in, in, in spite of the hardships that she had gone through. It also tells us that she did not, the, the end of verse 37, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She was one who could be seen in God's place of worship, and she was constantly there. Through the hardships in life had not pulled her away from God, but pulled her closer to God. And she was faithfully serving. Look how it expresses that. It says, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Constantly, she was there every time. And she, she was there consistently and faithfully. And what did she do? Fast and pray. She committed herself to serving God. I like how the Holy Spirit works. He's always on time. That's when a person, that's why when a person comes and they want to disrupt service and they often want to say that that's an act of the Holy Spirit, I say, wait a minute, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, sit with what, the whole, with what the Word of God says, how he works. Notice about Anna, it says in verse 39, excuse 38, coming at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. What very hour? The same time Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus had come and Simeon had come and finished speaking, by the way. She didn't interrupt him. At that same time, she came in the spirit right at that moment. And what happened? She began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. What I wanted you to see today is that the Holy Spirit is active in the plan of God. He's active in the birth of Christ, in the life of Christ, in the death of Christ, in the departure of Christ from this world. He's active in our lives today. He is the true spirit 
of Christmas. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the joy. It helps us to understand what God is doing so that we can respond with joy in our hearts. When we say Merry Christmas today, I want you to think about Merry Christmas as a celebration of Christ. And it's Christ who's been introduced in our lives so that we might have full joy, real joy. How's that? He's paid for our sin. He took away the, the penalty of, of death and, 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 and destruction out of our lives so that we might be free to serve him. And then he's coming to take us out of this world to live forever with him. That's real joy. That's a real purpose. That's a real plan. That gives us a real hope. When I was a little kid, I used to think about what I would get for Christmas, and, and, and I, would, I would, like, it, it, would, it would give me some, some uh, just a little bit of energy, right, as you go through a rough time or a rough week and, and think, oh, yeah, but Christmas is coming. As believers, it's the real Christmas that gives us that hope. Christmas is coming, the celebration of Christ, who's going to put everything in line and is coming to take his people to carry them to live happily ever after with him. Christmas is coming indeed. Christ is the focus of that. He, we have that true Holy Spirit. Those who have trusted in Christ, the Holy Spirit is given to every believer. And he gives us that joy, and that joy is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice because of Jesus. Rejoice. The Holy Spirit has given you Jesus and has filled your heart with the joy that is based on him. Share then in the true uh, Christmas spirit, the Holy Spirit. We, enjoy, we rejoice to see how he's working then and how he continues to work now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the work that your Holy Spirit has done to show us your truth, to point us to Jesus, and to encourage us. You said that in your word that he's the spirit that brings joy. He's called the comforter because he encourages and comforts your people in the truth not empty phrases or statements but in the truth of who Jesus is that we might have true hope and our joy might be based on who Jesus is and what he has done and what he will do as we leave this place Lord we rejoice in Jesus our Savior we thank you that that he has paid for our sin. We thank you, Lord, that he's coming again. He hasn't left us here. He will come and receive us to his own. We thank you for that hope that we have in Jesus, our Savior. We pray, Lord, if anyone here today that does not know Christ as their Lord and Savior, they can't truly say Merry Christmas. They don't quite understand that. But I pray that you show them, open their eyes to see Jesus. May your Holy Spirit reveal who he is to them. For those of us who know him, may we rejoice in that truth. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas.